The Holy Gospel according to Matthew in the 22nd chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. And again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. And the king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. And then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main street and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. And let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and our minds be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus told a lot of stories. And they were all about the kingdom, the promised day of God. And it obviously was a tough concept for his disciples to grasp, and us too, so he had to keep telling these stories over and over and over again. And as we've heard, he told lots of stories about agriculture. Seeds and weeds, land and its caretakers. But the other subject he loved to talk about was mealtime and parties. And most of the stories about feasts are found in Luke's gospel. Seems among the gospel writers, Luke was the foodie and loved to eat. But the parable of the wedding banquet is one that we find in Matthew. And Matthew takes this parable and edits it a bit, I think. And you can sense Matthew's fingerprints in this story because Matthew loves hyperbole. The story goes... Guests are invited to the wedding banquet of the king's son. Now, I've watched how people got a little crazy when Prince Harry got married. Maybe you remember that. You've seen how people react to a royal wedding. They go nuts. It's the leading news story for weeks on end. And to be fair, we did that for Pastor Molly's wedding this last week or two. And we can assume that the invitation to the king's wedding banquet was a coveted invitation. But there's a surprise here. Because when the dinner bell rings, the guests diss the king. They begin to make excuses. Matthew doesn't dwell on the excuses. He just says, they made light of the invitation. 
They also killed the folks who brought the invitation. Just like the parable last week, they must not have heard the you-don't-shoot-the-messenger thing. And the excuses are then offered, and the host responds the way that you might expect the host to respond. He sends troops to kill the ungrateful invitees. Sounds like a kingdom, right? And then he compels folks off the street, folks who had not been invited to begin with, to bring in whoever they find. So they went out and they invited anyone they found. All are welcome, both good and bad, it says. Both good and bad. So it's your lucky day. The king has invited you to the wedding banquet. Come in and enjoy. But then just when we hoped the story would become a bit better, it takes a turn for the worse, like a lot of these parables recently. Because the king, in the midst of the feast to celebrate his son, spots a guy over by the punch bowl who doesn't have a wedding garment. Evidently, he forgot to put one in his lunchbox when he went out that morning. So let that be a lesson to you. Never leave home without a wedding garment. And so the host does the only reasonable thing. He casts the guy out of the banquet. And not just back on the street where he came from. Oh no, he is cast out where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus says, God's promised day is like that? Really? Weeping and gnashing of teeth? In the summers of my childhood, family vacations usually meant that we would go visit my grandparents out of state. And I loved visiting them. My grandmother had a way of making me feel like I was the most important human being in all the world. We'd pull up into their driveway. She would be out on the front steps immediately. Get over here, she'd say. You're getting so big, just look at you. Now get over here and give me a hug. Nobody treats you like that, right? Think about it. When's the last time you showed up at work and someone said, get over here and give me a hug? Or look at you, you're getting so big. Maybe we don't want to hear that one, right? <laughs> Only grandparents. But that same grandmother who greeted me with hugs and made oatmeal chocolate chip cookies because she knew they were my favorite, if she thought, saw me thwack my younger brother, Stephen, because he was annoying and deserved it, of course, <laughs> she would say, Andrew, you do that again and I'll hang you by your thumbs. <laughs> really? <laughs> this woman, my thumbs, my thumb? No, not in a million years would she actually do that. It was just grandmother language to say, this is important. Be kind to each other. It matters. And I think that Matthew was a grandmother. He talks like one, weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's saying the king's banquet is important. Don't make light of it. The kingdom of heaven matters. But what's with this wedding garment? I mean, the guy got picked up off the street. He probably didn't think that morning, well, I'd better throw a wedding garment in my bag just in case. And this king who insists they all be invited now tosses him out because he didn't have the right garment? What is that about? 
Many years ago, when I moved to Philadelphia for my first call in ministry, I was invited to a party. And the dress code was casual, the host had said. And I showed up. And everyone was dressed in slacks and sport coats, dresses and nice shoes, business casual. And there I was in my favorite sweatshirt and jeans and beat up Adidas sneakers. And I stepped into the foyer and I looked around and I decided I should leave and probably go home and change. But I was too slow. Like our vigilant king, the host spotted me. Andrew, so glad you came. Come here, let me introduce you to everybody. And that was an awkward 15 minutes. Me and my West Coast casual. Honestly, if I could have grabbed a tray and started serving beverages, I would have, but the caterers at that party were better dressed than I was. <laughs> but here's the thing. The host didn't throw me out. I can imagine the fun conversation she had with friends the next day, but she didn't throw me out. What's so important about a wedding garment? And I was talking with a friend recently, and I said, you should come to Messiah sometime. I think you would really like the people here in this place. And this friend who's not very churchy said, what should I wear? Clothes, I said. <laughs> We're really big on clothes at Messiah, but other than that, if you come, I don't care what you wear. Why does this poor guy get tossed out? It's not because he didn't change his clothes. It's because he didn't change his heart. Clothing is a metaphor. In the early church, when new converts to the church were baptized, they put on a new baptismal garment. The old was cast aside. The new garment was worn. And it was a symbol of claiming a new life in Christ, of becoming a new person, or at least being on the journey to become the person that Christ calls you to be. And it's this baptismal garment that Ephesians has in mind when it reads, clothe yourselves with the new self. And it's all over the New Testament. Colossians reads, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And Paul says in Galatians, as many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. These are the clothes we wear at the king's banquet. And Matthew says, you have been invited. And that's grace. And you don't make light of grace. You don't be casual around the love of God in our lives. You don't get invited to the king's banquet and then belly up to the shrimp cocktail, wiping your sticky fingers on your t-shirt. You just don't do that. You don't do that if you remember whose banquet it is. And I think that's the problem. This guy evidently forgot whose banquet he was attending. He thought it was just for him. He forgot that this was the son's banquet. This is a story about grace. It's about the gracious love of God that calls you by name and says, I want you at my party. But this is also a story that reveals that grace has expectations. My younger brother, Stephen, is four years younger than my twin, Calvin, and I. And 
I remember one Mother's Day when I was eight, I gave my mother a handmade card and some craft I'd made at Sunday school, probably. And of course she loved it, because that's what moms do, right? And my baby brother didn't make her anything. To be honest, he was four. He didn't know it was Mother's Day. But I wasn't going to help him out. So he went into our backyard, picked a dandelion, and came in and said, Mom, this is for you. And she put that weed in a vase on the kitchen table. Now, I understand that now. But we only smiled because we know that he was four. If he did that when he was 44, here, I picked this myself, it's for you? Well, then that guy's making light of the love in his life. That's a guy without a wedding garment. Does that make sense? Jesus would tell us that there is nothing more important in our lives than our faith. It's not our jobs, not our status, not our work, not our vacations. Our faith is lived in love. And there's no moment in our lives when we can afford to make light of that. It is of utmost importance. And if we forget to live defined by that love, if we make light of the love in our lives, if we fail to value our friendships, if we neglect to treat others with justice, then we've missed the point of what we are for. We've missed our invitation to the party. This crazy wedding banquet is an important story because it declares that you're loved and that the party won't be the same without you. That God's love comes to us where we are, but that love, real love, never leaves us where we are, that there are grace expectations. And so the question in this parable is not whether we can manage to fit this unexpected yet amazingly extravagant party into our schedules and into our lives. The question that this parable leaves us with is whether we will let this party and this invitation change our schedule and our lives. Because, friends, the party has already started. What will you wear? And be careful, because you don't want Grandma to hang you by your thumbs. Amen.